On the internet, I am Matthew Galt, and this is Cyber. So someone, or several someones, is using computer-generated voices. See, this is I've got I've got all sorts of problems today. Okay. All right, let me let me try that again. So sure. someone, or several someones, is using computer-generated voices to automate bomb threats across America. Automation is making everyone's lives easier, including people who call in fake bomb threats on crowded public locations. We live in a world where pranksters and criminals can summon a massive police presence with the click of a few buttons. And here to tell us about it is motherboard writer Joseph Cox. JC, how are you doing today? All good, all good. Thank you for having me. Okay, so very top level here. What is this program called Tor Swats? Tor Swats, I, I guess it's less of a program and I call it, I don't know, an entity, an organization, or I guess, you know, a guy, but it is sort of um, a service being offered on Telegram. Uh, and you go and you message this, let's just say person, just so it's easier. You message this person and you say, hey, I want to swat this specific school. I want to swat uh, this private residence or whatever. And this person will then as per the service they offer, they will do that for you. They will call in a fake bomb threat to a school. They will call in um, some sort of other violent situation. So heavily armed police will turn up. Um, now, I mean, look, swatting has obviously been around for a long time. Swatting services have been around for a bit as well. The reason we are looking at this and the reason we're talking about today is because Computer is because TorSwats used computer-generated voices in the calls, uh, according to dozens of recordings of TorSwats that I listened to this week. Right. I'm going to go ahead and play one up at the top now for the audience so they can hear this. Uh, I may lose the camera feed on you again. Uh, let's see And this was, can you tell me where we got these? Did you generate these or did you, were you able to pull them from somewhere? So TorSwats has sort of a public telegram channel where they broadcast, Hey, here are my prices. Here's some updates or whatever. They uploaded dozens uh, of these recordings themselves. So I just grabbed them that way. In the, my understanding here is that these are actual, like some of the calls that they made. So this is like a real nine one nine one one operator, except. Etc. Right? Yeah, it's a real operator. They're not usually nine one one, even though that's what some people said. It seems to be like a call the non urgent police line in this local county or something like that. Maybe that gets people to respond quicker. I, yeah, I don't actually. know. Uh, it's not literally nine one one, but yeah. they are real calls. Yeah, you yeah. hear both sides. Well, let's take a listen to one. Hello. I just committed a crime, and I want to confess. You did a crime, and you want to confess? I placed explosives in a local school. You did what? 
I placed explosives in a local school. Okay, what local school did you put the explosives in? Hempstead High School. The address is 3715 Pennsylvania okay. Avenue. Why would you do that? Hello? Hello? I will not tell you. Well, why? Okay, so why? I, I appreciate that you called us to let us know that you did this, but can you give me a little bit more information as to why, possibly where, what type of explosives, what time is it supposed to go off? Three seven one five, Pennsylvania Avenue. Goodbye. Okay, sir. All right, so there it is. Do we have any idea? Like, it sounds like it's like a soundboard almost. Like, there's yeah, it 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 does sound like a soundboard, right? And that sort of was what I initially thought, and it made me think, oh, well, that's a bit lame, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But then I when you listen to dozens and dozens of them, there are slight variations in that he's able to splice the sections so maybe you know he's pushing a button to read out the address or you know his fret he is able to trim it slightly so i don't think it's like a rigid soundboard he is able to respond kind of in real time you know obviously there is a little bit of a delay where he's doing whatever it is uh but we don't know exactly how it's being uh created i mean actually this isn't in the piece because i just spoke to him again this morning and I asked him, like, what is it? And he said, you know, trade secrets have to remain secret. So he's not going to tell us the actual program being used to. Right, of course. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and play another call so we can kind of get that sense of how similar these are, if that's all right with everybody. I feel like I'm not getting sound from this one for some reason. Might be a little quieter. I'm not sure. Let me try. I've got another this one right here. Yeah, the sound on those isn't playing for some reason. Good times. Let's try refreshing well, I mean, the page, I, everybody. Sure, I mean, I can also just explain. It is largely the same thing. Right. Like, he follows a script, almost, essentially. Here we go. Good morning, attendance. This is... Hello. I am hiding in your school with explosives and a semi-automatic rifle. I need you in my office right now, please. Can you please repeat that? I'm going to kill everyone. Goodbye. Can you can you please repeat that? I'm hiding in your school with explosives and a semi-automatic rifle. Okay, so voice or AI-generated voice? Do we think it's that? Or like a computer-generated voice, rather? Yeah, I'm, I'm saying computer-generated voice just because that's a little broader. You know, right. that could be a text-to-speech program where the voice is already pre-programmed and he types in what he wants to say and then it reads out. You know, like the classic Microsoft Sam that you always used to mess around with at the uh, on the computers at school or whatever. Or, sure, it could be an AI-generated one that he's made himself. But, you know, we, we don't know right now. All that we know is that it's pretty clear from the recordings that... It's it's automated in or computer generated in some way. Yeah. 
how much does it cost to do one of these if you want to have it done? Oh, to uh, to pay tour slots, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's it's super cheap. It, it's I think it was what seventy five for a school closure, fifty for a quote unquote extreme swatting, which they claim will result in heavily armed police turning up. A gas leak, I think, is a little bit uh cheaper we didn't go into that in the piece because i'd already listened to dozens and dozens of these calls i didn't want to listen just to the gas leak ones but i think in that case uh the fire department might turn up or like other local authorities um and then he offers like a discount to repeat customers uh, and that sort of thing so you know i don't know if if you're one of these very weird bizarre criminal people who are ordering these it's not it's not expensive and we do know that there's been lots of targets right yeah i mean i've listened to dozens of them and you then look at the obviously you don't see this in the piece but when i downloaded them it's literally swatting underscored in a number uh, or bomb threat underscore in a number and the latest goes up to like 170 And then when I spoke to him this morning, so already, you know, there's well over 100, you know, again, close to 200. Uh, And then when I spoke to him this morning, he said he's done hundreds, you know. Uh, He did, like, refresh the Telegram channel in around December and then came back in February, meaning all the messages were deleted. So there could have been easily tons more recordings I just didn't get a chance to listen to. But this guy is pretty prolific, even just by judging by the 35 I listened to. And this is some, something like this happened to Marjorie Taylor Greene, right? We don't know that this, the Tor Swats was the one that did it, but it was like a computerized voice that swatted her, right? Yeah, a computer-generated voice or some something like that, according to the police report that the Daily Dot originally got, and then uh, we published uh, just a, sh- a short piece on that. Uh, some of the other... So, so basically, to put all of this in context... The U.S. currently has a nationwide swatting wave. Right. Uh, It's crazy. There are schools being shut down across the country nearly every day. Uh, Just happening yesterday, there were other schools being closed down. I think a detective emailed me saying, hey, this school just closed down or something. Uh, And then various other things. Vice News reported on, I think, some Pennsylvania schools recently. So this is happening right now. That's not to say that Tor Swats is behind all of this. Like, I don't think that is because we've actually compared some of the calls from the massive wave of school shutdowns and then the ones I got, and they don't seem to match. But, of course, Tor Swats are still doing this at the same time, so he is part of the nationwide wave uh, of this happening. And the reason, beyond just that broader context, some of these school shutdowns, according to some other reporting... I think it may have been NPR, I can't remember off the top of my head, but some of those were computer-generated as well. So clearly this is a thing that people are doing now. Well, yeah, and we live in this... We live in America with a very real and constant threat of like mass public violence, right? Um, so any kind of hint in that direction has to be taken extremely seriously uh, because the consequences of not taking it seriously are massive loss of life. Um, so it's very easy for someone that wants to disrupt that to just do this. Um, it's kind of wild because I don't, I don't have a solution to this problem uh, in my brain. Like I can't think of anything that we could do to make 
to like if you can make money selling swatting services like this using a computer generated voice it 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 uh, short of catching the person and sending them to jail it feels hard to disincentivize right i mean america has a almost uniquely highly militarized police force right mm-hmm. and <laughs> it would be very arrogant to say well why don't you just make them not militarized and then you don't have that weapon that these people can wield obviously that's a lot easier said than done but that is the as you say beyond arresting people who offer these services or the people who order them that's the root cause is that a weapon has been created that other people are able to use her yeah over the past 20 years uh, from kind of Columbine to now. Um, and as a result of both, like a lot of mass shooting events, but also uh, our military surplus gear trickling down to American police services, you've got inc- you've got an incredibly highly militarized police force, right? It's a complicated problem. Uh, but again, like, also you don't want, like... <laughs> You don't want there to be a bomb threat or a school shooting, uh, think it's a prank, and then something goes terribly wrong. You know? Yeah. The stakes are so high. Right. I saw somebody tweet about, oh, well, look, this is, this computer generated voice is so fake. Like, why would you believe it? And it's like, if you're a 911 operator or an whatever sort of emergency call operator, you can't afford to go, ah, that's a bit, that's a bit crappy, that voice. I'm probably not going to dispatch. Because, you know, it could just be an actual hostage taker trying to mask their voice. You don't know. You have to take every threat seriously. And so you're not going to solve it that way. You know what I mean? Even if the voices were even more rudimentary than this, it doesn't matter, you know. But the fact that he is using computer-generated voices shows well, he can do it with a bit more security. He's not using his own voice in most of the calls. And, you know, kind of does lower the effort if he's literally just clicking some buttons you know like anybody can do that you don't have to be a social engineer or you know maybe you get stage fright when you're doing a real swatting call you just hit a button so i have uh, a personal story about this i want to tell but uh, i've got a couple other questions here on my list first um what does the fbi say about this they're investigating right Yeah, so I first reached out to a local police department, and I should say that the majority of the piece focuses on Hempstead High School, which is just an ordinary high school that we determined Tor Swats was behind. You know, the local media didn't name Tor Swats, but we figured that out by listening to the recordings. Um, I spoke to a police officer there, and they mentioned, oh yeah, the FBI is helping us investigate. So it's not just local cops, the FBI is paying attention. And then I speak to FBI Seattle and they say, you know, sort of the usual stuff of we take this very, very seriously. uh, But, you know, it puts a real strain on emergency responders and it does put innocent people uh, at risk, you know, and they are taking it seriously. We've seen arrests, we've seen convictions, uh, but there's still this nationwide wave happening right right this second. Yeah, I've got a friend in uh, back home Uh, because this happened at one of, I attended two different colleges. This happened at the first college I attended like yesterday or the day before. Um, I Hmm. poked around it a little bit and talked to a couple of friends out there and they're reasonably confident that it was something like this. It was a, it was a false SWAT call uh, that shut down the, they, they swatted the school and it shut it down. Um, Have I ever told you about my 
uh, high school experience, like my experience with with bomb threats. Is this ever have I ever told you this story? I don't think so. Um, it's just between this and the Discord leaks and thinking about uh, it, it's just weird. The age I'm at, living, having lived long enough, it feels like so much stuff is just repeating or getting worse. Um, so I went to a large public high school in North Texas. Uh, I was a freshman in high school when Columbine happened, um, which is, you know, this, this devastating world changing event. Um, you know, it happens late in the year. They were building a new giant public high school at the time. Uh, for like a week afterwards, there was a lot, there were a lot of weird new rules coming down. Like uh, you weren't allowed to wear all black. They got rid of trench coats there was a lot of um, uh, like administrators throwing like ha- like bringing people in and talking to them, making sure all the the kids they thought were you know uh, weird were being talked to, uh, and they set up a tip line. They set up a public tip line and said like if you think you know of a threat or you think something might happen, uh, call this tip line. At the same time, the high school had a blanket policy where if there was a bomb threat, the school would be evacuated. The entire school district had this policy. So then what happened was, according to police records that I looked at later, um, teenagers started calling in bomb threats, not just at the high school, but at all the schools in the district. And so it would be stuff like I would, I would be at school. We'd get a bomb threat. We'd get evacuated. We'd be out on the the football field and we'd be watching the SWAT team like go in to like clear out and look for a bomb. So that was the procedure. They'd evacuate. The police would show up and you'd sweep the entire school to make sure that there wasn't actually a bomb there. Right. Um, And I remember one day that was particularly bad. They had us out on the field and then someone called in a bomb threat at a kindergarten class and the kind the or the like a, the that elementary school didn't get the memo that the high school had been shut down, and you see these buses full of elementary school kids like coming in and realizing that the place that they're going to also has had a bomb threat called on it, and it shut the whole school district down. Like we literally, I didn't have to take finals my freshman year, um, because the school district just eventually just put up its hands and said. We can't deal with this. No one feels safe. Everyone gets an A. Go home. We're not finishing the year. And it was in like the end of April, I think. It was completely, they just had no idea what to do. Um, and do they have any better idea now? So it's interesting. Um, so the next year they were building this new high school. Uh, we came in. And it was the first year that we had to have, we all had to have ID cards with our faces on them. There were um, checkpoints with metal detectors at every entrance. Uh, This was the first year that we had police officers in the hallways. Um, And they had cameras up everywhere. And like all of that stuff is ubiquitous now. Like that's a part of, I think, life in most American schools now, right? ID cards, metal detectors, uh, all of that kind of stuff. Um, but it was the, it was like weird national news at the time that this school, this high school was going through this. So yeah, their answer was just 
kind of a giant amount of security theater. And also they like call it the kids who are making the prank phone calls and just put the screws to them. Um, and it stopped. Uh, but there's like, uh, you remember that movie bowling for Columbine? Um, mm-hmm. there's footage of my high school in that. Like he's, he's talking about like the response after Columbine and you see like B roll from the first day of school that my sophomore year kind of in the background. Um, but like, and they don't have, but they still have like, they're still going to evacuate the schools if they get bomb threats, you know, it's so, I don't think that they do have a better sense of what to do. I don't think we, you know, because it is at the end of the day, if you get one of these threats, do you want to be the administrator that said that it was, that thought it was fake or a prank call from a kid and then something happens, you know? Right. And I mean, we totally see that with tour swats and the broader nationwide spotting thing now, where when we determined the tour swats was behind the Hempstead Heath high school, uh, uh, swatting, you know, looking into that, the school shut down. Yeah. the first, And then there was a second call and I don't think they shut down that time, but they did bring more police in, you know? So this is again, happening basically every single day for the past few months and we don't really know when it's gonna stop because there are clearly i mean i mean i imagine there's some major players behind it and Torswats is sort of one of them uh but it doesn't seem to be slowing down all that much that being said after our piece Torswats says initially that they're gonna stop offering the service then they said for one month and now i think they're doing it for one week so you know they're not actually stopping they're gonna they said they're gonna move off telegram to another service maybe but that's about it they're going to they're gonna put their heads down and let the let the smoke clear from the story a little bit and then perhaps get back to it is what that sounds like to me basically yeah they said time to dip out and i updated the piece with that quote uh but i think they'll be back uh pretty soon I, i i imagine a lot of people who would do this are really into it and yeah. you know, I don't. I don't think they'll just stop. If you if you're going to the point where you're doing something as absolutely insane as offering a swatting service, I don't think you'll stop overnight. No, of course not. And if, if you're making money off of it, you know, right? Yeah, it's it's wild how we people have figured out how to use the militarized police as a weapon against against anybody, right? Um, so we, we see this happen to streamers, people, people, the, the, they figure out where the streamer lives, the streamer gets doxxed and then they get swatted. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a problem that goes beyond high schools. It's like, I, I don't know what to do about it. There's so much stuff in American life these days where I'm just, I kind of throw up my hand. I, I don't want to give into nihilism, but man, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have answers anymore. Too old, Joseph. Um, no, I think, I think we're all getting that. All right, cyber listeners, want to pause there for a break? We'll be right back after this. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
All right, cyber listeners, welcome back. We are talking with Joseph Cox about swatting. What's the deal? So let's talk about some of your other reporting this week. Um, smart garages getting hacked. What's the deal with this? What's going on? Yeah, so there's a company called Nex, N-E-X-X, and they offer a smart lock for your garage. So you attach it, you set it up, and it basically allows you to open and close your uh, garage from a smartphone app over the internet. And a security researcher found that by intercepting the traffic from their own garage, they could actually tamper with it and then find the name and email address of allegedly all of Nexus users. So... The, the like the next server was giving them that information, even when it should only just be giving it themselves. Now, obviously, there's a bit of personal information there, but the real kicker is that he believes that he could then open and close any garage using this lock uh, across the internet. And he tried to report this for months and months and months and was ignored. He then came to us, and we tried to get a comment from them for weeks. And so did DHS, you know, uh, which works on disclosures with security researchers. And Next did nothing uh, until we until we published. Anyway, what's the sol- so they pushed out an update now? Now that so, you've reported on, <laughs> yes. So in, so initially, it, they they cut off the internet capability. For their product. So, oh, there's this vulnerabilities come out. We're going to take proactive steps and we're going to turn the internet connectivity off. And so you just have to do it over Bluetooth. That's not proactive. <laughs> You've been warned for literally months that this is happening. So it's reactive, obviously. Uh, and then we haven't written this bit up because, uh, you know, I was just waiting for, for more confirmation. But I think they may have pushed an update to actually try to solve the issue. But I'm not entirely sure whether it actually does or not. But it's one of the worst responses from a company I've ever seen to a security issue, for sure. The other thing, the other thing it doesn't make, what's the sell here? Because it's not like if you're going to be opening your garage, you're typically you want to, like, why? Why have a smart garage that can be, op- like, Why? <laughs> Yeah, like, that's such a yeah. short. That's like a, such a short range thing to me, you know. I, I mean, maybe you're out and you need to open it so your kids can get in. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I don't even own a garage. I'm not even going to get to that point, you know, in my in my life. As I'm, I'm not going to own property, so you know, I don't. I don't worry about homeowner things. Okay, I just worry about the the bizarre security vulnerabilities that come up around it. So uh, another thing that you were looking at this week, moving on, is the IRS. They're going to be getting into buying some of that monitoring software that everyone loves so much. This is basically a continuation of what we've been reporting on about the company called Team Cymru that sells NetFlow data. Uh, broadly, that can show what server spoke to what server. You know, So you could follow traffic through VPNs, potentially, or you can identify hacker infrastructure, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, we reported the military, uh, we reported last year the military bought that, that there was a whistleblower from NCIS who, you know, said there was warrantless use there. We then recently reported the FBI is getting hacked by some as well. And now this one's a little bit different in the agency, the IRS, but also that they they want to purchase this. This isn't a confirmed buy now. It's sort of a they publish this record and they say, hey, we want to buy all of these 
services, uh, and we're looking for a vendor that can sort of, you know, do the best deal. This is a very standard part of government procurement. So they want to buy this data. I mean, they they probably will. Uh, there's there's nothing really stopping them as, as long as the price is right. Um, but it just shows that government agencies are going to continue to be very interested in NetFlow data. And, you know, in tons of cases, that will be used for defensive cybersecurity purposes. But they can be used for other stuff. And even just an agency wanting to buy it is newsworthy, in my opinion. Did the did the procure did the, the procurement contract give like any sense of why they wanted it, what they wanted to use it for? I know NetFlow is such a wide it covers so much kinds of so much information, right? It's, they didn't it's say weird because it's so it's both narrow and specific and also big and wide. Sorry. No, 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 you're right, you're right. The, it, it's, it's weirdly narrow and broad at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in narrow uh, and, and broad, especially in, like, it just contains so much data. They didn't say specifically, if I remember correctly, what they wanted it for, but it was sort of in the context of, oh, we want to buy also Grey Noise, which is an internet listing tool for finding vulnerable servers. Uh, and then the Census was kind of like Shodan. Shodan might have been in there as well, which is to find vulnerable systems as well. So the context appears to be defensive cybersecurity. That being said, when I reached out to the Treasury Department first for comment, they directed me to IRS and IRS criminal investigations, you know? So it, it, it depends, you know? It depends what they may end up using it for. But the context did appear defensive. But even then, I, I still want to know if the IRS is buying that even for a defensive yeah. purpose. In the same way, I still want to know if they're buying location data, even if it's for some sort of defensive purpose as well. Uh, I've got a question in chat that you may know the answer to. Who else is AT&T selling NetFlow data to besides, and I'm going to screw this up. I know we've talked about them on the show before, Team CYMRU? Yes, Cymru. Cymru, the, Team Cymru. Yes. Uh, who else besides um, Team Cymru is buying AT&T NetFlow data? Do we know? I mean, I don't know specifically about the, the AT&T stuff. If anybody knows about that, feel free to let me know. But they will sell it to lots of those agencies. Uh, we laid out the, the Navy, the military, that sort of thing. And of course, I don't know what sli- I don't know the percentages between private companies and, and public sector like governments, but they're very popular in the, in the private sector yeah, as ad, well. And tech know. firms, you know, kind of the sky's the limit there, I would imagine. I mean, I, I, they'll have discretion on who they want to sell to, but it would certainly be people like Mandiant, Google, like the defensive stuff as well. But you have to remember that sometimes, you know, instant response companies, cybersecurity companies, they do sometimes collaborate on law enforcement investigations. You know, there isn't a clean cut between, and, and I'm not saying Mandiant specifically, this is just an example, but there isn't a clean cut between those sorts of companies and law enforcement when it comes to shutting down a botnet and identifying the administrators, shutting down a dark web marketplace and finding out who ran that. There's a very close relationship between those. And, you know, a tool being used by a private company in one context may be beneficial to law enforcement in another. All right, JC, I know you need to, I know you've got something else you need to do. Can I play you out? Sure, please do. Joseph Cox, thank you so much for coming on to Cyber and walking us through all of this, uh, speaking to the depressing topics of the day on this fine Friday. If you like the show, please follow us on Twitch. 
uh, where you can uh, watch us live and participate in the show. We're at twitch.tv forward slash motherboard TV or watch us live on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash motherboard. Uh, we will be back next week. I think we're probably going to be talking about this. I've got a feeling we're going to be talking about this leaker again. I think there's going to be more information. There's going to be more stories. I think people kind of want to know. Uh, so if you're listening to the podcast, I just want you to know we had a long conversation about it on Twitch before we even started uh, talking uh, on the on the podcast, before, before I hit the record button. It's another reason to tune in. We have lots of great conversations there, too. We'll see you all next week. Stay safe out there on the Internet. Uh, don't leak government secrets onto Discord. Uh, it's going to go bad. 